This is the Mountain Vision Podcast, where we share our obsession with hunting in the outdoors and talk waterfowl and big game hunting. Whether we're waterfowl hunting in the Sacramento Valley with the Sutter Buttes as our backdrop, or deer hunting in the Sierras, one thing is for certain, our vision of the mountains is a hard one to shake. Listen along as I interview outdoorsmen that have inspired me, and you might find inspiration from them as well. Hey everyone, another episode of the Mountain Vision Podcast here. Um, sat down with uh, Levi Carey with uh, Pulling Feathers Podcast. Um, had a great conversation. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think you guys will too. Um, they're a fairly new uh, podcast as well. I think they've been going for almost a year now. But uh, uh, he's out of Wyoming, so... Um, kind of grew up doing more of the big game stuff and more recently dove into the waterfowl stuff and, um, just, you know, just die hard into waterfowl hunting and goose hunting and duck hunting and all of it. So anyways, uh, Levi seemed like a good dude. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Um, stay tuned. All right. Yeah, we're recording now. And, uh, so yeah, I got Levi Carey on the, on the phone. You want to, you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself and. Go from there? Yeah, definitely. Maybe just um, kind of give yourself a shout-out on whatever whatever Instagram handle, whatever wherever people can find you. All right, cool. Yeah, um, like you said, I'm, I'm Levi Carey. Um, I am a host of another podcast called Pulling Feathers. Uh, just uh, I live up here in Wyoming, have my whole life uh, for 31 years. Uh, I, I grew up hunting big game, uh, elk, mule deer, antelope, all that stuff. Um, and then recently, uh, over like what, four years ago, I got into waterfowling and boy, that really, really took me by, by the year and, uh, got me going on it. And now it's a, it's an addiction. It's kind of like a needle in a spoon for me. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So you, so you started off doing more big game stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my dad, most people around here in Wyoming, don't really chase waterfowl. It's not a big passion. Everybody's passionate about big game. Yeah. So, I mean, I naturally didn't quite grow up with that. Um, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of killing some really nice trophy, big game animals. Um, I've shot a 200 inch mule deer. I've, uh, killed two, three fifty elk, uh, bull elk among the other elk that I've killed. And, um, I've killed some very respectable antelope as well. So I've been lucky. Nice. Hell yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. I always like to say it's better to be lucky than good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever fills the freezer and puts a, puts some memories on the wall, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I, I would think, like, so from this, from our general area here in the Sacramento Valley in California, mm-hmm. it's, um, people don't realize, like, what California really is. It's like everybody just has this you know, this mindset that everybody serves here and it's just beaches and sunny weather all the time. The weather is good, but dude, most of the state is, is farmland and, and, you know, a lot of it's public land and and pastures and whatever, you know, there's mountain ranges. You can be from two hours, you can be high up in the mountain ranges or on the beach. So it's like, there's a little bit of everything here, but here in the Sacramento Valley is mainly, you know, it's really heavy into waterfowl hunting, and um, there's a lot of big game hunters here too. But 
most of our big game opportunities are people going out of state. But I mean, we do have a, a we have good opportunities for for tags here in California. Actually, like for deer, we get we're able to get a couple tags a year and uh, just over the counter, and then you know fill the rest of the season with out of state tags or whatever. But yeah, and you guys have the opportunity to hunt the both Roosevelt and Tule elk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's a good opportunity that not a ton of people have. I mean, it, from what I've understood, it's a hard tag to draw for those tulies, but um, yeah. but still, there, the opportunity's there. Yep, it's there. Yeah, it's 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 a hard one to draw, but um, but yeah, like I said, like, I don't know. You know, it's like I don't know. Just left it left and right. It's like everybody's trying to find reasons to leave and. You know, they let political stuff get in their in their head, and they just want to leave. and And I get it; I do the same thing sometimes. But at the, but mm-hmm. you know, really, it's like anybody who's really hardcore into whatever kind of hunting, you know, mm-hmm. mo- most people want to go out of state and try other areas anyway. So it's like, you know, if <laughs> I'm like, dude, oh, I'll yeah. just stay put. The the economy is great. Like I make decent money, and you know, just. I'm just, you know, I don't know. It's like you can't just move every time the political stuff changes and Yeah, definitely. So You got you got to find joy in everything, you know. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, what, I know I know I'd really like to get down there and 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 chase some birds around especially, you know, you guys have phenomenal phenomenal waterfowl hunting down in that area. Yeah, yeah, it's that's actually really good. Um um I mean the the birds you know, right now it's, right now is like really good right now. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, you, the birds we get down here, they're, they've been hunted from Canada through Washington, through Oregon and Northern California. And then, you know, by the time they get here, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's not easy. They're weary. They're a little bit weary, but, um, but there's, you know, I was looking, actually I was looking up earlier some statistics and I think the most ducks, have been were are shot in California every year for the most part. Wow. Um out of the whole country. So, I mean, we get you know, I I don't know if the duck hunter numbers are the highest, but it's it's mm-hmm. high. Um Yeah, you get, you got to have definitely have the game in order to kill those numbers. Yeah, for sure. And we do have pretty pretty good seasons. I mean, we're our waterfowl seasons, you know, from mid to late October all the way through the end of January nonstop, mm-hmm. so and we we have a seven bird limit here, so that's good. That's nice. Yeah, but how's I, it? I really want to go down there and, and chase like you know nice beautiful plumed out pintails. You know, try and get my cinnamon. Yeah, you know, a few few birds like that. You know. Yeah, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many pintail. The limit. Uh, you know what? I think I can't remember what the limit is this year. I think it's one. It's either one or two. I think it's still one, mm-hmm. but. Dude, there's so many, dude. I don't know why the limit is still one. I thought for sure they would up the limit this year, but yeah, <laughs> darn I, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I drive to and from work through the rice fields. I'm, you know, well, right now it's COVID, so I'm working from home a lot. But typically, mm-hmm. typically every day I'm driving through next through the rice fields and stuff, and I just see pintails sitting up everywhere. Ducks feeding in the rice fields. It's just, I mean they stand out so much cause you know, cause they're pintails or whatever, but. Oh yeah. I've, I've actually heard that consensus pretty well across the nation, you know, talking to different people that everybody's saying that the pintail numbers are just up through the roof and they don't know if the biologists just forgot to count 
or, <laughs> or what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking, man. Because we were having the same conversations last year, and it was like, dude, there are so many. Like, it's, well, it's kind of scary, you know, because you go out to the refuges or whatever, and you go, or wherever you're hunting, and you, you know, you got to be really careful that you don't shoot over your limit. And oh, yeah, just, it makes it tough. Yeah, there's just so many coming in. It's like, okay, I guess I'll hold off. And it's like you kind of don't want to even shoot your first pintail of the day because then you're stuck, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost have to save it for last just in case you get some collateral damage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what's it like up there, up in Wyoming as far as waterfowl goes? Is it, I mean, are you guys mostly see mallards or what's your typical, typical day? Yeah. So, I mean, we... We, uh, we see a lot of mallards, um, a lot of, uh, golden eyes this time of year, since we're getting into the later part of our seasons and stuff. Um, and then big Canada's lesser Canada's, and then we get a few cacklers in there. Um, but that's, that's primarily what we, what we're hitting. Um, this year we've been just smoking the ever living crap out of widgeon. Um, usually we don't get this many widgeons that, and, and good, good stud widgeon. Uh, and we've been smoking the crap out of them. Um, nice. That and like green wing teal, we get a lot of green wings. Uh huh. So, so yeah, that's kind of primarily what we're chasing after and keying in on. Okay. Yeah, the widgeon are coming in heavy right now over here. It seems like they come in in big, big flocks. It seems like the most of like the big flocks are like widgeon for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like a buddy mm-hmm. of mine shot. Uh, the other day he shot seven Drake Widgeon, <laughs> and it was like that was his limit. I was like, "Damn, wow. I, I've never done that." It was pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Just kill the limit of cotton tops. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it made for kind of a cool picture. I was like, "Dude, that's pretty. That's pretty cool, man." I never, yeah, but yeah, definitely. So I mean, you, we go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna ask. Like, are you, is your guys' uh, the areas you guys typically hunt? Is it fields or like dry fields or like like ponds or marshes or so typically what we're hunting um when we're usually hunting geese of course that's usually dry fields but um when we're hunting ducks uh occasionally we get a good dry field hunt but most of the time we're hunting this small river that that runs between yellowstone and and where we're at and i i'm just barely outside the yellowstone border for the most part okay so um, we don't get a whole lot of marsh hunting um, in really, but there is a spot early season that um, that we do target. And I mean, I don't know if I'd really call it marsh, but it is a wetland and it's full of muskeg and and that. So I mean, I, I think technically it classifies marsh. Uh huh. So we hit that pretty hard, uh, especially like our early season. We don't have a teal season per se, but there's definitely a lot of teal around in our early season. I mean, we start up mid to end of September and then, um, we, for ducks and then we roll all the way and geese and then we roll all the way for geese till February 16th or 14th this year. And then, um, for ducks, it's like January 16th is when we end. Okay. So we have a pretty decently long season. Yeah, you guys so, have a good season, it sounds like, too. Yeah, yeah. Just this far into it, we've killed over, uh, between a group of me and, say, four or five buddies, we've killed over 350 ducks this year. So. Oh, right on. 
yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Nice, dude. Are are you uh so is is most most of that area is it like uh public land up there? I mean, obviously those dry fields that you guys are hunting for geese are probably private, right? Yeah, and and a lot of our river bottom is is private too. Okay. But it's a lot of it's walk-in access, so privately owned, but the game and fish or fishing game helps pay that farmer a fee to allow walk-in access to all public hunters. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, so it, it's pretty pretty nice and fortunate. You know, not all sections are like that, but, you know, you grow up in this area as long as I have. You kind of learn about everybody, and everybody knows you, good, bad, or indifferent, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you end up forming those relationships, and you end up building a lot of fence and helping brand cows and doing all that stuff and maybe doing a little bit of irrigating for them too, so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, you got to do what you can do to get on property. <laughs> okay, so it is like a so you do need permission still, even though fishing game kind of helps with it. If it's a walk-in area, you do not need permission. But uh-huh. the other areas that that don't have walk-in, I'm definitely getting permission. But I still like to, even if it is a walk-in area, I yeah. still like to go and talk to the landowner. Let them know I'm down there. Let them know that I appreciate that they're allowing the game and fish to do this. Because they could shut it off at any moment in time. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, if they start seeing people, you know, leaving gates open and cows getting out or knocking down a fence or leaving too much garbage behind, they can just say, nope, I've had enough and take down the signs and there you go. You're stuck. No more hunting. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I always try and let people know who I am, stop by and ask them if there's anything that I can do to help them out, you know. Hey, can I fix that fence that I've been seeing where everybody's crossing? It's really starting to sag. I don't want your cows to get out. Yeah. And I fix the fence for them. So. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, everybody needs to do their part to keep things like this open. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, see, we don't have anything like, like that really set in place here. It'd be, it'd be cool if we did. I mean, we have... We're pretty much around here it's like there's not a lot of like public land i mean there's there's mm-hmm. um there's re- there's game refuges which is technically public land if you want to call it that. <laughs> if you want to call yeah. it that but it's like you know it's ran by the state and the government there's different ones ran by the state and different ones ran by the the government but um you know and it's public land but you still have to pay you have to pay to get on it and there's like a lottery system and reservations and stuff like that. And it's kind of confusing to explain, but I don't know if you're familiar with it, but, um, I mean, a a little bit, a little bit. Um, one of our sponsors lives in your area and, uh, and I've talked to him decently amount about it. Oh, the bird dog guys. Yep. Yep. The guys over on bird dog. Yep. Yeah. 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 Cause they're out of the Bay area somewhere, right? Yes, to my knowledge, yes. Yeah, they're, I think they're so. They're definitely right in that area. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's you know it's it, it's good opportunities. You know, what I mean, I, I mean it's like the refuges are actually they're good. You know, but it's either so it's it's either that or you get on like with a with a in a club where you pretty much pay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's most of them have like a uh, a built-in blind that sits down in the ground in a rice check that mm-hmm. has four seats in it and you pay, you know, anywhere from fi- most seats are like 1800 to 2000 bucks a seat right now. Um, that's just in like that, you know, that's just one seat 
and it's you know pretty much whenever they flood the fields so like mid november to the end of january <laughs> wow and so it's like <laughs> dude you, it's like it's all money it's all about money you know and then and like like the mm-hmm. butte the butte sink like the the really like prestige place to hunt around here like it's called the butte sink and it's like million yeah. million dollar clubs and stuff like you, you know the, the majority of us can't ever hunt there no, <laughs> so it's just I, I could save up most of my life, and I wouldn't be able to afford it. <laughs> yeah, dude. So it's it's basically those are your two options, or your th- whatever your two options are pretty much any club around here. You know, paying almost two grand a, a seat for for mm-hmm. a few months, or the refuges, or the third option is pretty much like getting a boat and hunting the river, the rivers, and the you know the. Uh, delta regions and like the the mm-hmm. or the bay or something like that so you know yeah, I, you gotta do what you can do and, and try and make things happen if you're gonna chase this stuff yeah <laughs> dude it's just a <laughs> it's just a big game but yeah mm-hmm. I don't but, know. but i mean at least you have options yeah you know there's so, a yeah there's I, there's options and and they're you know it's it's fun like regardless you know i wouldn't i you know if i didn't want to do it i wouldn't do it but and i i you know, I, I do it, but it, the frustrating thing to me is like, there's kind of a, a high like barrier of entry for new hunters, you know, like it's, it's hard yeah. to learn all that stuff, man. It's like, mm-hmm. unless you have someone like, like helping you along the way, it's like, it's really it's frustrating. impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely can understand that. So yeah. not only do you have the added cost of of trying to get into those places and figure it out, but you've also got all your equipment that you have to get too. Yep, exactly. Just one hurdle after another. Yeah, and like the refuges, like you, there's there's rules like you can't bring more than twenty five shells on at a time, and like there's all these rules, <laughs> and the game wardens show up all the time. So it's like if you don't have your shit together, then you're. <laughs> you, well, especially you, new guys not knowing proper duck aden- identification most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they could get in a big, big lick of hurt real quick. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, it's it, it's cool that there's opportunity, but it's frustrating that they make it so difficult to mm-hmm. to do. But, anyways, so so when did you guys when did you guys uh, start that podcast? Was it like a year? It was like New Year's or something, right? Was it la- a year ago? Right now, yeah, or was it two years. It ago? was like February, uh, end of February. I think our goose season had just ended. Okay. And and that's when we started up. It, it initially just started out as a joke, you know, calling us pulling feathers. It was kind of our little group name and, yeah. you know, whatnot. But then uh, we started getting more and more people kind of wanting to hang out with us and going on hunts with us. And I was like, you know, apparently people think we're funny and we're a bunch of goobers <laughs> and they want to listen to us. So why not start a podcast? Because, you know, everybody knows that some of the best times you ever have is in is sitting in a field or sitting out in a blind, you know, something like that. And, and I was like, why not bring that to, to other people, you know, so they know what it's kind of like to sit around with us and hear our dumbasses talk, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's taken off. It's, it's definitely fun. Um, uh, it's really made a lot of really good connections for us all around the United States. Just, We've made friends everywhere, you know, even though we've never met these people. Yeah. Yep. So same here. I'm sure you can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. I mean, my, ours, you know, this podcast has 
for the most part so far been like in our general area, kind of like trying to like uh, bring light to some of the hunters and stuff around here. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and there's been a couple other podcasts in the area that have done the same thing, um, but um, that was kind of just yeah. The the point of the beginning of it was just to kind of meet people and like you know learn from other people and mm-hmm. whatever you know just just build kind of friendships and relationships in the in the in the hunting world you know just i don't know you know how it is dude it's like that's all i think about dude so it's like the oh mo- exactly it's just another excuse for me to talk about hunting and, yeah you know especially like around here not really anybody talks waterfowl except for me and my buddies and a yeah. few other people <laughs> and you know so it definitely gives me that outlet yeah talk about it and that's one thing that i like you know, because like I said, you know, just no one around here really gives a crap about ducks. They they wonder why the hell you'd even try it. You know, yeah, yeah, they look cool, but then you gotta <laughs> eat them. <laughs> uh, no shit, huh? Yeah, and, and that is one thing that I am thankful for up here is most people aren't just gonna go out and kill ducks because they do have that viewpoint. You shoot it, you eat it. So I, I'm. I'm glad that we have those kind of values around here that it's not just killing for sport. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. And if they don't like eating them, that's fine by me. Cause I'll just go shoot them also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah, dude, the thing is, is, I mean, you, even if you don't like eating, you know, a whole duck or duck breast by themselves or whatever, I mean, you can make it into snack sticks or, or poppers oh, or whatever. I mean, there's no reason not to eat it, you know. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't necessarily like it on its own, you can still make snack sticks or, yeah, jerky or whatever out of it. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite duck recipes is actually breasting them out, soaking the breasts in Coca-Cola for, oh, really? like, yeah, and then, like, you do it for, like, three or four days, and every day you drain out the liquid and fill it back up with new Coke. And the breasts almost turn white at that point. And then I put them in a jerky marinade that's, that's like a, a spicy kind of jerky marinade, uh, kind of like crushed red pepper and stuff like that. And I let that soak for a day or two. And then I, I do my jerky and uh, you get a nice sweet and spicy kind of mix. It's, it's very nice. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. I'm no expert, but I mean, yeah. the the my coworker that got me into hunting waterfowl taught me that and I've I've just loved it ever since. Nice. Huh, yeah, I'll have to try that. Yeah, yeah, mess around with it, come up with your own different little recipes and stuff, but you know, uh that that, that acid and that Coca-Cola and stuff really pulls that blood out of that the the breast there and and makes it pretty delightful, I think. So yeah, it makes sense. I, I haven't even thought of that, but they, yeah, that makes total sense. Do you guys do you use a dehydrator or use a smoker or what for jerky? I, I typically use a dehydrator. Okay. Just, that's what I've got. I, I don't like using an oven, but, um, you know, I've, I've had a dehydrator since I was like 10. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's what I'm used to and I'm comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I haven't tried a dehydrator yet. I, I usually do it on a smoker. Mm-hmm. Um and my wife and kids love it, so. Yeah, but. stick with it. I, I need to get a little bit better on the smoker with, with, like, jerky and snack sticks and things like that. Yeah, no, I still have some improving to do myself, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
they like it, they eat it, so I keep doing it. But yeah, it's I I need to I need to step up the culinary game for sure. <laughs> you know, I I just tried something this week, and I you know I've been only waterfowl hunting for four years and grown up you know hearing that it tastes like crap. So um, my buddy Jake Blocker just recently came up from Alabama and and he showed me where you you pluck them and breast them out with the skin on and you sear them with the skin down. Yeah. You know, he showed me how he did that on the grill and I, we fed it to my, my wife, my kid, my dad, and our eyes were bugging out of our heads. Cause I mean, I would have put it up against the ribeye steak. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. Really? Yeah. It was, Oh, I don't know if I believe you. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have to have you up sometime, and I'll, I'll show you. Yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah, yeah I'll, it's, I'll it's best on, on the Drake Mallards is what, and, and Widgeon, you know, a couple of those. He said pintails like the best, too. But Really? Um, okay. The biggest key is when you're you're searing that, that skin side down first, uh-huh. you don't really pull it off until, like, with a fork you can scratch that skin, and it almost sounds like sandpapery. Yeah. That way, that way, you know, your skin's nice and crispy. There's no chewy fat because then that's going to give you that, that real muddy taste. Yeah. And that's when you flip it and, and just do it medium rare. So like a temperature of like 130 on the, on that duck breast, pull it, let it sit, um, with tinfoil over it for about seven to 10 minutes. And then, then you can slice it up and, and eat it. But all you do is just rub it down with oil and season it like a normal steak. Okay. Yeah, I think so, I have I have a few uh whole whole mallards in the freezer right now. I might have to cut the breasts off and try that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I loved it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely doing that every time instead of just breasting them out and then, you know, cutting them up for jerky. Yeah. So this now I'm going to start making duck steaks, so. Hell yeah. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Pop- poppers are always fun for parties you know like barbecues and stuff like that when people come over mm-hmm. but um but yeah i'll have to i'll have to try that man one last time or not last time <laughs> last year um I, i'm on the fire department over here in, in wyoming and oh, okay um I've, I've been going on the fire department for 10 years going on 11 and i tricked the whole fire department into eating goose last year and they they loved it. So oh really? I made a, a big, yeah, I made a big giant thing of uh, goose stir fry for everybody to try out, and I didn't tell them that it was goose when they're till they were like getting their second plate. Oh really? <laughs> was, yeah. it, was it uh, it was specs or what? No, we don't we don't get specs up here. We shot our first spec um this year that just happened to come through and the last one i knew about that was around here was in oh 1994 oh really that i had heard of of. yes we just do not get specs um so that that sucker's definitely off to the taxidermist (laughs) he was barred up (laughs) i mean just just barred up almost all black not any Oh really? Any other color on his chest? I mean, he was he was awesome. Needless to say, I missed his buddy that was with him. So uh-huh. there's that. <laughs> <laughs> but but my my friend at least made a 
a nice shot and, and got one of them. So <laughs> that's nice. good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dude, we get so many down here. We get, we get like, we get so many specks and so many snows. It's, it's uh, crazy. That's we like, don't get snows very often, but we definitely do get them a lot more than specks. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I actually, the first time I shot a snow, um, we actually brought down 18 in just two shots. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. And then we were crapping our pants cause we didn't know the limit. Yeah, and we're like, like, uh, I wasn't expecting to shoot that many. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> so, I shot once, my buddy shot once, and there was 18 specs on the ground, and I was going, oh, no, rifling through the regulations and going, okay, we're good. We're we're fine. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Thank goodness. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, it, it was nuts. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, see, we don't, get, we don't get as many honkers down here. I mean, we get we get. There's there's quite a few. I mean, there's not mm-hmm. they're here, but they're not like nowhere near the the numbers of the specs and the snows and stuff. Wow, but that's that's just crazy to think seeing more like what you guys are seeing versus what we're seeing. I'd I would be just yeah, it's I'd interesting. Huh? Yeah, but I've also heard from a lot of people that you do not want big numbers of snows. Like I keep thinking I want, you know. Yeah, because they say they're such aggressive feeders that they'll push all of our big honkers out. Oh, so right, I don't yeah. want them around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've kind of heard the same thing. Like, just from like reports in Canada and stuff. Like, they just tear up the 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 land, the, you know, the feed or whatever. And mm-hmm. when they're just aggressive, they'll push off those big honkers, even though they're like half their size. Yeah, that's weird, huh? Probably just yeah. Yeah. Well, and we kind of have a similar problem up here um, in the respect of aggressive feeding and just aggressive behavior is like our, our white tails with our mule deer. White tails are just so much more aggressive that they'll chase all our, our mule deer off, even though mule deer are bigger than, than a white tail, you know, body wise. Uh-huh. They, they're just they've just got that aggression that the mule deer don't have. Yeah, I've heard the same thing that. You know, if whitetails still start migrating this way, they're just going to push everything else out. Mm-hmm. But because we don't get them, we well, I say we don't get them here, but I I think we do to some extent. But you don't. I mean, for the most part, you talk to anybody here, there's no there's no whitetail. Yeah. But I think I think in I don't know. Don't quote me, but I I want to say like somewhere down like in Southern California or something. Maybe there's white tail kind of here and there mm-hmm. probably up through the river bottoms and things like that yeah but for the most part mm-hmm. it's all black tail here um you know it's it's all pretty they consider anything west of i-5 black mm-hmm. tail and then anything to the east of i-5 is like a hybrid basically but once you get close to nevada and oregon and stuff like or you know the eastern side of california up to northern the northern mm-hmm. corner up there is all mule deer. Yeah. So awesome. But yeah, the deer numbers here suck. (laughs) (laughs) You know, at least you don't have the wolves to contend with like we've got going on right now. And yeah, CWD is just wreaking havoc. Is it? Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think there's been some cases of it, but uh, and the wolves are starting to work their way down here. They've they, we've I seen them. It. Yeah, we've seen them. It's just there, there's not a lot of them, but we've seen them. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you what, it. you've never been more scared in your life than when you've had a meal. Uh, have you <laughs> a, a wolf stalk you? Really? Yeah. Yes, I, I haven't had that. <laughs> I've battled with grizzly bears and I've messed around with this and that. Um, but a, a wolf is definitely scary when it stalks you because you don't hear it. They float like ghosts. It's crazy when they're when they're walking and stuff. They just seem to float and hover above the ground. And the way they look at you, they peer through your soul. It's 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 nuts. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'd I'd wait rather a, a big old grizzly bear because I don't know I just feel like I can handle that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah I don't. Either one of those is not. Uh, same with mountain lion. We have a we have a ton of mountain lions around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are those scare me to death. I mean, oh yeah, they're, they're like ghosts themselves. You know, they're so quiet. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, the first uh, I haven't seen any wolf sign or myself until like last was it the day after thanksgiving we went up to oregon Mm -hmm. and we we ran across some fresh wolf tracks in the snow oh yeah they're they're cool from far out i mean they're definitely a cool animal i'll tell you that but i just man what they do to your game populations because i i don't care what other people say i've seen it they kill for sport and they'll just they'll just kill to kill and they're gone yep I, I, I've seen it time and time again. So they're definitely not good for, for livestock or your game. Yeah, for sure. But I'm, I'm not one of those guys that says kill them all. Um, they're here. I just think that they need properly managed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But. For sure. Um, do you... Uh, so when so have you you've been hunting your whole life? Well, whole life as in since I could, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um you know, just I've never left Wyoming. I've never had a reason to in my mind to leave Wyoming. Oh yeah, there's no reason um, to leave there, dude. <laughs> no. Um growing up in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem like I have, um the views, the game, I mean everything there's no reason for me to leave and that where i live is just a fantastic area to raise a family because um we don't have a whole lot of the the drugs and crime that's going on and i love the fact that everybody knows everybody because when my daughter decides that she's going to sneak out you better bet that I'm going to find out before she gets home. It's just the yeah. kind of community that I live in. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. especially cool. being on the fire department, um, somebody's going to definitely notice. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, yeah. I, I thought all firemen had mustaches, not, not full beards. What's up with that? Uh, well, I, I, I shave my beard off actually pretty, pretty often. I just grow it back pretty quick. I just wish my mustache would actually, come in in another <laughs> color aside from blonde uh, that's funny <laughs> dude i did uh i shaved my beard off like in early november mm-hmm. and i've been talking about it for a while to my wife i'm like i'm like dude i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna shave my beard off and i'm just gonna rock the stash and she's 
<laughs> she's like, and she's like, no, you're not. And then one day she was at work, dude, and I just sent her a picture of the beard, beard gone, and just had a mustache. And she's like, she was pissed. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I thought I was gonna be a smartass and do the exact same thing. And then I sent my wife the picture, and she goes, "You look like my dad." I shaved <laughs> that thing off so fast. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm pretty sure the razor was freaking on fire, man. I was just getting that thing off. I was like, no way in hell am I looking like your dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. I thought about doing the same thing, but dude, when I shave it all, when I shave my mustache and my beard, I look like a freaking pedophile or something. I'm like, dude, I ain't. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I've got these chubby cheeks, man. They they really uh, <laughs> shine when I don't have any fur on my face whatsoever, and then. You know, my bald head doesn't really make any things better either. <laughs> <laughs> I got the same issue, dude. Yeah, yeah. So most of the time I leave the goatee and we're good. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. So you were, you were probably busy this last fire season then, right? Uh, I mean, pretty busy, but it actually was down really? for us for, okay. for what we normally have. Um, it was kind of somewhat of a wet year for us around here. Okay. Um, but I mean, we weren't near as bad as like, like you guys and everywhere else around us. I mean, we just happened to be just all right in our exact area. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, No, we got it pretty bad. And then Oregon, you know, I thought, I thought our deer season was over for sure like in september it was just burning like everything was burning like oh uh, yeah they, they they just shut down all the forests and i was like well i guess uh i did my my mind like just switched over to waterfowl i was like all right it's time to prepare for duck season because deer season's over apparently <laughs> yeah no kidding but then I, then they i'm always worried about that with my elk season man you know yeah. with it being right in the heart of fire time you know yeah Ugh. Yeah, they ended up opening everything back up though. So then I had to like, I don't know. I'm 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 weird. Like when, like I can't focus on more than one thing pretty much at a time. So like when when it's deer season, like I can't even. I don't even want to think about duck season until it until deer season's over. And then when deer season's mm-hmm. over, I'm like all about duck season. So like, so when it when when that fire happened, it was like mentally hard for me to like switch from one to the other i was like wait i gotta switch back to deer because they ended up opening the season back up pretty much and, oh. and i'm like wait Psych. i was i was ready for ducks like what what's going on here switch gears and shift yeah so then but yeah no it was good but yeah oregon took it pretty hard we have family and talent uh like near medford oregon mm-hmm. and that whole area just Rip the fire just ripped through the neighborhoods, man. That's that's where we were in uh, on Thanksgiving, and uh-huh. and it was pretty sad, dude. Like neighborhoods are just wiped out, completely gone, flattened. I've got some friends over around like Reading, I think. Yep, is what it's called. Didn't they get hit really hard? Yeah, they got it pretty there. bad too. Yeah, yeah, they were talking about how how terrible it was and burning houses down and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you know here in a couple of years those are the exact areas that you want to target for mule deer and elk yeah exactly well that's what we've been, <laughs> that's what everybody's been telling our governor for for years dude they've been saying like california needs to like um improve their their forest management and and mm-hmm. and start doing more logging and stuff like that and they just you know they're so afraid to cut down a damn tree that they don't even 
they don't use any logic dude. selective logging you know it's not like you're clear cutting everything yeah they're, you know yep but it, the, it's just it's going to make your whole forest that much healthier all of it every tree is going to be that much healthier when you're taking that undergrowth out yeah but i've been hearing lately from different areas that when they've been doing i don't know exactly what areas they've been doing this in but like in some areas they've been doing they've been logging and then they've been spraying like a chemical to keep hmm. all of the the um what is it called like the not native like like the un like the, the like your noxious weeds and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They've been spraying to keep all that stuff down, and it's like, no, dude, you need to leave. That, like the whole point. I mean, that's kind of part of the point is to like let that stuff grow so that wildlife has something to eat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, so you mean you your guys's forests aren't all organic? <laughs> You're spraying chemical. Come on. Oh man, it's. <laughs> Out of control. It is. It is bad though, dude. Like, I mean, I we go through our forest. I mean, it's it's so thick of like just down logs, and I mean, it's probably feet worth of, um, oh, yeah. you know, pine needles and whatever. It's it it it's, it it burns so hot when it burns. <laughs> it's like, oh, I yeah, I believe it, man. And, and what happens when all those trees have hit their? Because I mean. Certain trees have, have life expectancy, so to speak. What happens when that old growth hits that life expectancy, starts dying off, and because your understory is so overly ridden with all this dead material that none of, you know, no new saplings can start sp- springing up. I mean, your forest is going to die. You're, you're done. Yeah. Yep. You get all these bark beetle problems and stuff like that. And... Oh, yeah. Yep, we definitely got the the white white bark pine beetles up here bad, but we're starting to take care of them finally. Really good. Yeah. Nice. So what's I've I've been uh, I don't want to like put Wyoming on a highlight place to go to hunt because <laughs> it already hey, I mean it I already is. I do but... it. I do it on every podcast <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> no, I've been wanting to get out there and just I I just want to go and dude, I'm such a shitty big game hunter because. Part of it is because our our state is just so the, the numbers are just so low here, dude. Uh huh. And like it, it's frustrating too, because like I don't know, we don't get enough credit here for. Dude, California big game hunters work so hard for the most for most of them. Not not all of them. Some of them just drive around and drink beer and and try to shoot shit out of their truck. But a lot of them are like really hard working. Like they get after it, and if there's the deer numbers are so low here that. Um, it's hard. It's, it's really tough. So like, I'm like, mm-hmm. for me personally, I'm like, dude, I, I want to go to Wyoming. I just want to get an over the counter antelope tag and like find a buck and just shoot it and fill the freezer. <laughs> so, so you say over the counter, but you still have to get a couple preference points built up. Oh, do you? I, I was thinking there was like some over the counter. There's a couple areas, but you still have to like put in for it for a draw from okay. my understanding. Um, I just had a buddy that put in for the very first time. Um, cause I mean, I even have to draw an antelope tag. There's no over the counter. Okay. For Wyoming. But so, I mean, so you still have to put in for a draw of certain areas. But are the, are the draw like success rates high? 
in certain areas and then in other areas they're super hard i mean right around where i live i even have a hard time drawing a tag you know just it's really hard to draw that tag you know where you go into the red desert like which is like one of the most freaking sought after uh antelope areas in in the state because i mean you're you're almost guaranteed a boon and crockett buck out of there um you, you definitely have to build up preference points for those areas okay but but like you know there's a couple of areas around here that you don't have to build up preference points but i mean you, you definitely have to put into to do it you just can't drive over here and buy one over the counter because i can't even do that yeah 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 mm-hmm. but i tell you what man it's it's fun um it can be as easy as you want it to be or it can be as hard as you want it to be that's why i always have called it trophy rabbit hunting yeah <laughs> that's that's what animal hunting is it's trophy rabbit hunting yeah <laughs> yeah i've only been on one antelope hunt with uh with my uncle that it was his tag in oregon but dude it t- mm-hmm. i think it took him like 15 or 16 years to draw the tag in eastern wow. oregon and uh two years ago i think it was we went up and and he he scouted for a few days and found some decent bucks and i drove mm-hmm. up there and the next morning we went out on quads and <laughs> found found some found some antelope and Dude, like, it was like first thing in the morning, dude. We found him, and he he found one that he that he liked, and from what he had, you know, from what he had been scouting, it was a decent buck for the area that he had been seeing. So mm-hmm. he shot it like first thing in the morning, pretty much, and it was like hunts over. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> you know, and and they could be the best table fare ever. Oh, for or sure, they can be the worst. Yeah. It, you just make sure you're not running that sucker. Make sure you get him nice and cooled down really quick, and and you're you're just fine. I mean, yep. it, it's night and day difference though, because if that sucker takes off running, you're you're done for, because all that adrenaline's pumping through him, and he gets hot. Uh huh. Yeah. Then he then he sucks. He, I'd I'd feel bad for my dog to eat him, but <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you get him knocked down really quick, nice clean quick ethical shot get him nice and cooled off i mean that's that's a flint flint, oh geez i've had too many beers i can't talk but um yeah that really good cut of meat for like all wild game (laughs) yeah yeah hell yeah yeah no i I enjoy antelope Uh, deer elk all of it I just, oh, yeah. I don't know. I just like it, like just seared, like medium rare. I don't like. Oh yeah, yeah. You know. I, I grew up. My my grandfather was a butcher, so he I would get my ass kicked if I cooked a steak over medium. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hell you doing, boy? Hell yeah. You're cooking out all the flavor. Yeah, he'd, he'd beat my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so so waterfowl hunting only for four years huh like what so so you so you so you basically started the podcast like three years into it right right yeah into, yep. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you just dove like heavy into it then when, when i get into something i'm i'm full bore just head down this is my thing uh-huh and i mean to to be a fully honest usually for me about a year and then i kind of run my course and okay i've learned this so i'm good yeah but but waterfowl is yeah it's my drug 
Yeah. I, I, I love the hell out of it. And, it's so you fun. Know, especially since the season's so long for us over here. Um, I just love the hell out of it. My, my wife absolutely hates it because she's like, oh, not only do you big game hunt, but now all of a sudden you picked up some hunting that has like a practically like a six month long hunting season. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Waterfowl's over. Oh, you just decided to start turkey hunting. Great. <laughs> this is, dude, it's the same thing with me, but it's the opposite. Cause like I started waterfowl hunting, like, I don't know, 14 years ago. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I got into that. I had a lab and trained her and like I duck hunted as much as possible. And then, and then we, um, and then, uh, so like for the past five years I've been big game hunting. And so now it's like, you know, and I started doing rifles and which started, starts in like October. So it was, uh-huh. it was like, you know, kind of juggling rifle season with, with waterfowl season at first. But now I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, you know, I think I'm going to get a bow. So it's like now archery season starts in July for us for deer. <laughs> oh, in July? <laughs> yeah, dude, it starts in July Holy here. Holy crap. Well, it it starts in honestly, well, for me it doesn't start till August because I don't mm-hmm. I don't hunt the zones. The zones that are open in July are are like the valley, like um uh like pretty much anywhere from the bay from the from the coast um through through the valley is all like uh-huh. call it's all a zone pretty much the whole state pretty much for the most part is a zone and uh not the whole state but you know what i mean like that that valley area is all a zone uh-huh. and, and it starts in july and so yeah you can i can and if you get an archery only tag which is what i get you can i can hunt that zone like so i can start in july and then use that tag all the way through through the end of October. Wow. If I want, I, I couldn't imagine trying to keep game from spoiling in July. Like I have a hard enough time in, in August yep. with, with antelope, you know? Yeah. I couldn't imagine. Jeez. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's, it's over a hundred. It's like, there's days when it's 110 degrees out in Sacramento oh, yeah. and people are out there hunting deer. Good Lord. I just, honestly, like for me personally, I just don't see the attraction to it to hunt that. I don't know. I like the mountains. I, I mean, July, I'd have to be out there hunting in my man song. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the hell? The banana That's hammock? too damn hot. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, the banana hammock, man. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Dude, I know. <laughs> and there's like, and there's, it's all rattlesnake infested. So I'm like, dude, there's no mm-hmm. way, man. Like, I'm just not, I'm not into it. I, so I just... I don't know, but guys do it. They they make it happen, and they work their asses off for it. <laughs> and they don't get enough credit for it because I don't know. I I just like waiting for the uh, for the the mountain the mountainous regions to open up, and I'll hunt them. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's more up my alley too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we yeah. Now the problem here too is so. Well, the weird thing is, is like those, those, that A zone in the valley, like those deer start rutting in like September. So, huh. so like that's the, really the only rut opportunities we have to hunt here is like that zone in the, in that, that early season. Um, hmm. Because once you get up into the Sierras, like up in the, uh, in the mountain regions, like those deer don't start rutting until like November. And, and our our seasons close before then, so we don't really get like a rut hunt 
like a typical yeah. rut hunt like most other states get. Yeah, because most of our rut, I mean, we're we're done before rut really starts anyway. Uh huh. Our, our cells too. Okay. Because we're not we're not really hitting and rut good until like mid to late November, and yeah. most of our stuff's closed up by then too. Okay. But there's a couple what we call late season tags that are available at that time to where you, where you can kill kill during the rut, and that's when I killed my my big 200 inch mule deer. So. Okay. Nice. Dude. Yeah. Oh man, that <laughs> how, was how that was that? Was the time. Uh, well, for one, the tag itself is like point five percent chance to draw the tag oh wow um yeah real hard tag to draw and then i just hunted my ass off well i say that but the first day i passed up a deer that was a little bit bigger than the one i shot my dad i just happened to have a cell phone service up on a mountain and i called my dad and i was like okay you know his forks are this deep you know he's this wide he looks like that he's this tall my dad's like didn't quite believe me yeah <laughs> And he's like, um, you know, there, there'll be other deer leave by. Why don't, why don't you just hold off, you know, <laughs> opening day, just hold off. All right, pops, cool. And then I watched that deer slip into the trees and I was like, ah, oh, the hell of it. You know, let's, let's see if I can get a closer look. I got within 25 yards of the sucker with, you know, I got my off sticks and got my crosshairs on him. Like, they're like, hmm, okay, well, dad said, don't shoot. All right, cool just walked off <laughs> you know and then the rest of the season i was just hunting my ass off trying to find a half decent buck and was having a hell of a time and uh finally my dad was able to join up with me and uh we rode horses into a into a trailhead didn't see anything in there and left the horses there we're staying at our uh really good friend he's like my uncle stayed at his cabin and uh there's this mountain behind it and uh we decided to go up that mountain and uh go look around and we we ended up spotting my buck and i was like okay cool let's let's try and get in on him and right when we tried to get get in on him he gave us a slip and we couldn't find him for a couple hours and so dad and i ate lunch we took a nap on the hill and kind of looked around a little bit didn't see anything so we we left and uh went to take the horses down to water fed them or watered them at the creek fed them in the past in the in the corral and we're driving back up to the cabin and i'm like aspen trees getting the shit kicked out of it what what's going on so i kind of peeked through and i was like oh there's a bug holy crap and we <laughs> actually had to sneak underneath a neighbor cabin's porch <laughs> everybody's like oh yeah 200 inch milliliter this has to be really good you know in wyoming clear in the back country no <laughs> <laughs> i snuck underneath the neighbor's porch kind of peeked back up and he slipped back up into the tree so i slipped back over to our cabin that we're staying at and i go clear up underneath this rim rock and i started hiding underneath this rim rock and kind of walking and i saw a bunch of does come out and I just stopped, got a good rest, because I knew that buck was going to be right behind him. And sure enough, here he is. He poked out. And I'd like to say that I was a hell of a shot, but I missed three times. And he still happened to be standing there. And my dad said, God damn it, Levi, make it effing happen. And that's when I made it happen. <laughs> shot him, 
He rocked over backwards, and I guarantee you, people in Missouri heard us hooping and hollering. Because, <laughs> uh, we were jacked. So, uh, got pictures of him and uh, drug him down toward uh, toward the road. <laughs> and uh, Dad grabbed the pickup and backed the pickup up, and he goes, you know, I, I really don't like the angle that the truck's at. It's going to make loading this, this gear up hard. And I said, Dad, are you freaking kidding me? Usually we're chopping this thing up into like 800 little bitty pieces, putting it on a horse and then packing it out for seven hours. Yeah. And you're bitching about the pickup angle to me right now. He goes, all right, son. Yep. Good point. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. We loaded up whole and uh, ended up drinking quite a bit of whiskey that night. So <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Nice. Was that your 2016 was that- uh, yes, I yeah. believe that was about 2016 when I shot that sucker. Yeah, I'm he, looking at the picture right now. He grossed 200. Yep, yep, he grossed 200. Nice. So, and I, I don't believe in uh, in net. If they grow it, they got it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, 2016, that was a good year. That was also the uh, the uh, the year that I had my daughter, so. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very good year for me. Then the following year is when I got my last last good bull. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right on, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. <coughs> so Fun you times were... up here in Wyoming. Yeah, man. Sounds like uh, some good opportunities up there. Yeah. Pretty... They're, they're opportunities where you find it, man. You, you can always find it anywhere as long as you're looking. Oh yeah, except for California. Well, there's, <laughs> there's certain opportunities there, man. Right? There is, there is, dude. I, there's guys that get it done every year here too, and I just, uh, it's it's just really tough, man. It's just. Oh yeah. Like yeah, most of the guys that do it every year either have here have private property or they just they really just have a lot of time to put in. Um. Which man, I feel like I put in a lot of time too, but you know, I don't know. It's like everybody, you know, if you have if you have a wife and kids and a full time job, and your chances are less likely to fill a tag than mm-hmm. the guy that doesn't have a wife and kids and a full time job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh huh, what it is. So, <laughs> which I'm sure that's the case anywhere, but I mean, like, I mean, literally, like here, I mean, like this year, I would have shot. Like I feel like I put in a lot of time, and I would have shot any legal buck, and I didn't find it. Well, I oh. did. I did during archery season, but I just couldn't make it happen. But I mean, that's yeah. that's how that's how like you know you just don't see that many bucks during during season. Yeah, <laughs> I see them yeah, all the time when I'm camping in the summertime with my family. But <laughs> oh yeah, I, I swear deer get a copy of the the hunting regulations. Also, yeah. Yeah. you know, and they know when that opening day is, and they know when that closing day is, and I'll show up both of those days. Yep, for <laughs> sure. Hell yeah. So you're, uh, so you're, you guys is waterfowl season. So you guys, I saw that big ass trailer you guys have with the logos on it. That thing looks sweet, dude. It looks it's freaking ridiculous, it's dude. So that cool. thing is huge. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. what what is your typical day like look with that? I mean, how many you guys are so is that pretty much you guys are loading that with a goose spread and 
yeah, that's that's definitely the goose trailer. I mean, you know, we've got a few, uh, what, four or five dozen full-body duck decoys, but for the most part, it's it's a goose trailer, you know. Yeah. It's a, uh, what, it's a 26-foot, uh, basically car hauler trailer with a four-foot V-nose on it, and uh, we've got LED light bars on the, on the left side, or no, on the uh, on the right side because that's where the door's at. Um, and then we've got some pod lights off the back ramp door, and then we've also made a a goose hanger out of angle iron on the left side of the trailer that that you can put a six man limit on of geese. Yeah. So that that hanger is pretty cool. That was that was a actual smart idea of mine for once. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, it it makes for some cool pictures, but we haven't gotten to fill it up quite full yet this year. We just haven't had the geese. Okay. But um, we run uh, right now. We just got brand new uh, thirteen dozen full body goose decoys, and then we have another twenty dozen uh, silhouette decoys. Um, we have six no eight eight layout blinds in the trailer at all times. Um, everything's all hung up. There's, there's a pathway that you could even park a four wheeler or a side by side in. Cause it's all, it's all put away and stowed up. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's really nice to hunt out of. I'll tell you that. And the sad thing is we've got another trailer. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's got all the older decoys in it. So we've got like three, four, four tonnage bags, or like those big white seed bags, full of um, full body decoys. Oh, and then probably I'd say I don't know another um, another. 12 or 13 dozen full bodies that are in separate bags in that trailer. So we've, we've got quite a few decoys to say the least, uh-huh. <laughs> but um, never put them all out. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's different but spreads nice. for different scenarios. Well, and it's nice. Like if, if we, if we're finding like a couple feeds and we want to say bump birds back and forth between two different fields, Oh, yeah. Half the group can go over one way with one trailer. Half the group can go the other way with the other trailer, and you know we can make things work out, and you know end up end up really filling some bags, you know. So it it, it can it can work out. So hell yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, we we take our goose hunting pretty seriously. Last year we killed um, over six hundred geese just in the field, not even on the water or anything. Just in just in field hunts alone. Oh wow, nice! But with big Canada geese. So I mean, that's not like snow goose limits, of course. But yeah, yeah, you know, because if that was snow geese limits, I, that would be nothing. I'm sure, <laughs> you know, for what you guys see. Yeah, no, I I actually personally don't do a whole lot of goose hunting. I'm like typically more. I mean, there's a ton of it around here. You just have to have the property, or mm-hmm. I mean, I have buddies that guide and stuff that like have access to properties that you know put a hurting on the, mm-hmm. the snows and the specs and stuff but 
Um, for me personally, I just, I just haven't really dug down. I haven't really dug into the goose hunting thing yet. It, it's fun, but I don't know. Like, like, uh, our silent, I call him our silent partner, but he's far, far from silent. Cause he freaking frankly talks too much. Love the guy. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my good buddy, Ryan Cheney, who actually owns both those trailers. Um, he, he's a goose guy. Uh, it drives him nuts how much my my co-host JD and I are are into ducks because he just would way rather be sitting in the field smashing honkers. Uh-huh. But there's just to me there's something about ducks. You never know what's going to come in the spread. You know um, the way they they work. Uh, I just I'd rather hunt ducks in a way. But yeah, you know after you get to about three quarters of the way through the season, I, I definitely get craving for a good honker smash. Yeah, yeah. See, I just haven't. I haven't really been on like a like a full on goose hunt. Really, like I mean, I've you know I've hunted with guys that have called him in and shot him. We've shot them or whatever, and mm-hmm. you know they they just kind of float and take their <laughs> take their damn time to come in. And it's like, dude, I don't. I don't know. I have ADD or something, but like I just like the speed of ducks, and I like them when they just come in like feet down and cupped up, and I just oh, I, yeah. I like that action. So I just <laughs> I haven't really got like the bug to to do the goose hunting thing, but mm-hmm. I don't know. And when they do it right, though, I mean they do do it right, you know. And yeah. uh, if they've got a good breeze coming right at them, they'll 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 just all of a sudden drop like a hundred feet in no time. Like it's, yeah. it's crazy. Just like a duck, you know? Yep. Um, but when those, when big honkers drop, there is something cool about that. Like, cause when they bounce like three or four feet off the ground after they hit, you know, there's some velocity <laughs> there <laughs> and you're going, Holy crap. One of JD's famous sayings that he randomly came off of, up with was you knocked the honk out of that (laughs) (laughs) and he'll always he'll always kind of smack the goose breast at that point and we'll see if it honks or not most of the time it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) just to see if there's any air in his lungs yeah 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 because and that is funny sometimes i mean i i don't mean to be that guy that's you know disrespecting game but you know you go to throw the goose in the in the ditch or you know under the blind and it kind of goes huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laugh every time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> for sure oh, that's funny yeah so what is your what is your guys's uh plan for the podcast so you guys are basically a year in right or not even a year you said February? not not even not even a year yep february okay. well it had to have been like the last week of february is when we get, when we started it up okay um i mean podcast is just talk to whoever and it's kind of day talk by to day. as many people <laughs> yeah. as we can i mean you know um i i i just bought a camera so we'll, we'll start uh oh yeah what'd you end up taking, getting I ended up getting a Canon uh, 90D. Um, okay. I, I was going to get the uh, – I actually had it ordered and then canceled it because my buddy told me it was a little bit more camera than what I can handle for now. Yeah. But um, I had the uh, – oh, what the heck was it? But it's like the Mark 
Mark IV, Canon Five, something Mark IV. Anyway, okay. it was like an eighteen hundred dollar body without a lens. Uh-huh. And I had that ordered, and he's like, "You, you just bought that?" He goes, "That's like pretty much an all manual camera." He goes, eh, "If you had ordered it, like say this spring, I bet you could have it figured out by this." hunting season but you just bought it in the middle of hunting season he goes you you if i were you i'd cancel that order so i i listened to him because he's a good photographer and uh-huh. i canceled it and got the camera that he told me to and, and the lens that he told me to and now i gotta save up for like a oh what is it a 70 by 200 um yeah so that i could really get those far out shots because my my normal job that i have is i work for the the city and I'm a water wastewater operator. So we have a set of lagoons out here and there, it holds so many dang birds all the dang time. Uh, so I could just spend, you know, most of my day, if it's not a busy day, just out there taking pictures of ducks and geese. Oh yeah. So, so, um, I could get some really good detailed shots with that 70 by 200. So that's what I got to save up for now. Yeah. (laughs) Those are pretty cheap, aren't they? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, about two grand. Yeah, dude. Yeah, this <laughs> uh, just a couple a month or two ago, I bought a. I was kind of messaging you back and forth. I don't know, if, um, but I got like a Sony A sixty six hundred. It's yeah. a, it's like a crop sensor, so it's it doesn't have a full frame uh-huh. sensor, but it takes really good. I mean, people take professional photography pictures with them. No, I've heard so, good things about that A six hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, but. The good thing is, like, they take really good 4K video and stuff, too, and the batteries last for a really long time. So, like, um, yeah, I picked up that and a couple lenses and a tripod and, like, cleaning kit and, like, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the microphone and <laughs> stuff. So nice. I could try to take some video and just kind of mess, start messing around with that, too. So we're in the same boat good. there. I'm, yeah, yeah. It's all about creating content, man. Yeah. Oh, I've just always like, even since high school, I, I took some photography classes and stuff and I, mm-hmm. I've had a few cameras, but I just haven't really dove into it. And I don't know. I just figured like now, like, I don't know, being, being up in these areas, which are beautiful, like areas to hunt and just be in general. I mean, why not bring mm-hmm. a camera with you and start like documenting it or taking pictures or whatever. And Oh yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. That's that's one reason I was like I have to get this camera because it started to be just me and my dad hunting big game a lot more versus like the whole family, uh-huh. um, and you know I love my grandfather I, I miss hunting with him, um, you know he's still around but I just, I just miss him being able to hunt and you know and I I love my uncle even though he drives me freaking nuts um, can be kind <laughs> of a dick but you know that's that's what uncles are for i guess yeah <laughs> but you know um it's 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 a lot more intimate time with my dad you know uh-huh. uh when i got right out of high school me and my dad really didn't get along at all and so now that we are as close as we are i mean hell i'm the one that introduced him into waterfowl and now he's sick for it i mean we're we're chasing elk during the rut this year and he he looked over at me. He goes, "Why in the hell are we chasing these elk? We could be out goose hunting right now." And when <laughs> when when he told me that, I was like, "All right," <laughs> you know. Oh, uh, so I mean, just 
just being able to spend that time, I'm going to be able to capture that that much more with this camera. So I, I, I'm way excited. It was it was an investment for me. It was just something that was needed. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. See, I need to save up for a lens like that too, because I would like to start taking. Pictures. I, I try to take it with me on the way to and from work. Like I said, I drive through those rice fields and I see oh, yeah. ducks, like just, you know, at sunrise and sunset, whatever, depending on what time I get off or head to work or whatever. But like, there's some times when I'm like, dude, I wish I had my freaking camera right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and the thing that sucks is even a camera sometimes won't even like touch yeah. what you're seeing. I know. That's when you got to get those skills down with the with the oh yeah (laughs) some of these guys like they just have it figured out oh yeah they they definitely have their knack do you follow uh brandon fiend i feel like i've heard the name i think he's so he's from this general area like vacaville area uh, california but Mm -hmm. um he uh Dude, he's he's like 18 years old, dude, and like since he was just a kid, he started picking up cameras and like just going to like ponds in his area and taking pictures of ducks. And dude, he's an, he's amazing, dude. Like, it, it's so was, it's crazy. Was he featured? I want to say he was featured on like a like a Tangle Free video yep. a couple years ago or something like that. Yeah, because it showed him like biking around on this bicycle exactly. and his camera out on the refuge and just taking crazy pictures. Yep. That was him. Yeah. He's, he works with okay. Tangle free and like, well, it's, it's kind of funny. Actually. He's like my brother, my brother's kids go to school with his family or his kid, his with him or something. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. But, with his relation of some sort. Yeah. But it's, I was like, I was like, Oh, I'm starting to sound like Alabama over there. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> But yeah, dude, he's just just you know he's just one of those kids. He's naturally, dude. His pictures are just amazing, dude. Like it's like the, literally, it's honestly probably the best photography I've seen. Um, That's awesome. And he's like eighteen. He he just got like picked up by like I can't remember how to spell how to pronounce the guy's name, but Jake Lat Latendraus or something, like mm-hmm. out in Nebraska or something. He he's he's doing like video and photography for those guys now. Oh yeah, that kid's got the name. Yeah, he's he's just super talented, man. That's awesome. But I hope I hope to be a fraction of his ability someday. Well, I was listening to him on a podcast and the thing that he was saying was like, you know, he basically took like a camera that was not anything special, not not any really high quality equipment at all, and he was able to like just build up the skill to take like just really amazing pictures. <laughs> and it makes working me working with what you got, man. Yeah, dude. So it's like it doesn't really matter as long as you know how to use the camera or know how to edit or whatever, or, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he's had multiple like cover photos, like Wildfowl magazine and stuff like that. And that's awesome. Good yeah. for him, man. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, but yeah, yeah. dude. I like what you guys are doing. I've, I've I started listening to a couple of your episodes. It's funny, dude. I used to listen to more podcasts before I started a podcast, and now I feel like, Same here. yeah, now it's like I'm like busy either trying to figure out my own podcast or working or watching my kids. And this year's just kind of weird with COVID, so I'm like working from home and juggling kids around, and so like, 
Yeah. I think I've listened to a couple of your like just partial. I haven't listened to like the full episodes because I just keep getting interrupted. But <laughs> do the same with your guy. You guys keep doing these like live stories, and I keep trying to like tune into them, and then. It's always in the evening when I'm trying to juggle my kids and dinner and oh, family yeah. and stuff, so I never like see the full thing. But oh yeah, well we appreciate you listening and listening to our bunch of drunk asses talk. I mean, uh, <laughs> for, for your listeners uh, that that might be a little bit uh, more reserved, if if you happen to <laughs> tune into our podcast, it is a little bit more R-rated. We we are very. Ex- Explicit. Oh, there funny. is some language. There is some subject matter that is pretty rude and crude. But um, you know, we have a good time, and I'm not trying to fool anybody. You know, I am who I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which is shocking for a guy that grew up grew up Mormon. So <laughs> <laughs> wait, I thought you're from Utah. I thought you were from Wyoming, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> close enough, right? <laughs> Uh, no, I know ours, or I say ours. Mine gets uh, uh, it, it gets it gets R-rated sometimes. Like it, oh, yeah. not too much, dude. I mean, we, I pretty much for the most part, like, there's not a whole lot of f bombs, but they're they're in there. I don't like edit. It, I don't edit that stuff out, so I don't really care. Yeah, it it started that way for us, and then you know when you're sitting like. The thing to not do if you want to keep it somewhat clean is don't get a co-host. Because then, then you got somebody to keep up with. Yeah. Do this. <laughs> uh, so and then watch watch who you're inviting on your podcast, too, because there's a couple of people that, that really turned up the volume and really clicked with us. And it's like, next thing you know, you're like, we need more beer. We drank like a case and a half plus oh, like half a bottle of whiskey. Uh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> then you end up dancing around in your man thong on the freaking YouTube. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh dude, that's funny. Oh, yeah. So what's your? So you did you have a co-host from the beginning, or did you just start it on your own and then add your co-host, or what? No, it's always been JD, my my hunt bunny and okay. buddy, and it it started out like me. Uh, JD and then our other hunting buddy Ryan Chaney, but um, Ryan seems to be pretty busy and and he kind of uh, I don't know I don't feel like he felt comfortable talking, uh-huh. you know, ver- like on recording like he the first couple of episodes if you really listen he's on there and he like really chokes up like he you can hear him like swallow like <laughs> just i think he got stage fright and i don't blame the guy that's fine you know but um yeah you know uh he, he's a good friend nonetheless and it's kind of fine just being a host and a co-host because we both like to talk at a bunch anyway so yeah. you add a third person plus your guest and nobody's gonna get a word in yeah so. <laughs> yeah for sure uh, yeah funny. it works out hell yeah well shit you wanna uh so it's been a little over an hour like hour and 20 minutes almost but yeah you know, we're running pretty good yeah do you wanna um maybe one more oh, one more time uh where, where can people find you again is it pull, pull? So, um, we mostly, most of my content is like on, well, on Instagram. So it's, yeah. uh, let me pull it up here real quick so I don't screw it up. 
P-U-L-L-N Feathers underscore podcast. So Pullen Feathers. Uh, we're, we're also streaming on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, all that stuff. So if you have a hard time finding any of that, just get over to our Instagram, hit the link below, and we've got a PodFollow account, so it'll automatically direct you to where you need to go to listen. So it helps out, <laughs> makes things simple for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of that, you helped me set up mine. <laughs> <laughs> remember yeah, dude, I, yeah that was cool i appreciate that man because uh yeah i didn't know about that like you know for folks listening like if you click on that link in the in the bio or whatever in the bio whatever the they call bio it but, or the description <laughs> yeah but it sends if you have an apple phone it sends you to i itunes or i whatever apple podcasts and then if you have a whatever a droid or or a Samsung yeah. or whatever it sends you to Google or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So it is pretty handy, you know. And if you're on a desktop, it sends you to our like for our podcast anyway. It sends you to our uh, hosting site, so uh-huh. actually directly from where we download everything. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I just happened to come across that one day, and I was like, "Well, this seems simple. Why not?" Because I've got people asking me, "Well, I don't have iTunes. How can yeah. I listen?" You know, well, you can get on Spotify or Google Play or, you know, this way it, it goes to whatever. Yeah. No, yeah, like, yeah, I do appreciate it because, yeah, like, I, I've had the same thing. I've had people be like, well, where can I find it? It's just, it's just an mm-hmm. Apple link. I, don't, I have a Samsung, and I'm like, try I just tell them, like, try Google. It's, it's on there, too, but, like, you know, that makes it easier just to have that link. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's probably doubled my listener viewership, just that one link alone. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate it, man. And I know, uh, like, you know, how it is when you start a podcast or something, it's, it's, there's so much, there's a learning curve and it takes a while, oh, a bunch man. of, a bunch of YouTube <laughs> videos trying to figure it all out. And, and it's all the wrong YouTube videos. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> Dude, and it, yeah. Like you and I don't know if you listen to the Legion DIY podcast. They're out here in California too. They're more of a big game, um, podcast, but Mm-hmm. Andy over there, he's helped me a bunch. Um, um, like Dustin Whitwer helped me. Even Brian Call with Gritty, like some of those guys, like have helped just point in the right direction on what equipment to get or whatever. And I've been dying to get Brian Call on. I don't know how much I spammed his freaking inbox, but he hasn't <laughs> said a damn word to me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Dude, uh-huh. the, yeah, the, some of those guys are so busy. I mean, like. Oh, they are, but, like, in the same way, that's, like, what COVID really happened, like, helped us for. Yeah. It helped our podcast really get some big, big people for us. Uh-huh. Like, you know, Pit Boss, like, over on the East Coast. Yeah, I saw that. You had him on. Like, yeah, he... yeah, and then then he randomly hit me up the other day, like, hey, I really like what you guys got going on for your, your podcast. Uh, if you ever want me on sometime, that'd be great. And I was like... Um, yeah, Jeff, uh, we already had you on one other time, but I mean, I'd love to have you on again. And he just kind of got quiet and he's like, yeah, just let me know. Oh, dude, he must've been drinking some of that whiskey again, dude. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's funny, dude. Uh, thinking of you, we are Jeff. Thinking of you, we are. Dude, that is hilarious, dude. Oh my God. 
Oh, that is funny. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, a great guy. Remember, he's, he's a whiskey a connoisseur. He had a he had a few glasses. Oh man, I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great podcast we have, and uh, I mean, just it, it's kind of crazy looking back. I mean, because that was like episode like five or six. Yeah, you guys had him on pretty quick. I was like, damn. Like, honestly, like I'm. I don't know what it is, man. I'm a pussy or something. I'm like, I'm like nervous to ask. It doesn't matter who it is. Worst thing they can say is no or not respond. It doesn't doesn't matter who it is, like whether they're well known or not. Like I always get nervous asking people. So it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird thing that I have. Like, I don't know if it's a, my confidence level shit or what. I don't know. I was like, I'm afraid to like be turned down. Hey, you know, it's, it's it's not like you're asking to get laid at prom, man. Like, just, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so stupid. It's so, like, petty and, like, dumb. Like, I don't even know why I like that. Uh, no, man, you're not you're not dumb. You're just being cautious. And, and you know, probably the good thing is is you're not going to – well, I about said something very inappropriate. But <laughs> you're, 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 you're not going to um, uh, kind of get it out there too soon, getting a big – guest like jeff coast on like episode five you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sure people can read between the lines there so <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny uh, but <laughs> well man i i, I don't want to keep you going and, and over your time man I, I i know how it is sometimes trying to get guests off and they won't quit talking <laughs> no i don't honestly like i don't know what the magic time is like i've had guys on for 45 minutes and i've had guys on for over two hours but like i I don't know like to me like most of them tend to be around an hour and a half between an hour and hour and a half and like it seems to be a good number but i don't know like what what is your experience what is your most what's the we we started out at an hour and then we started going out like hour and a half and then it just starts kind of going longer and longer but yeah about about an hour and a half is what i feel like goes good yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a big listener to uh, the Big Honker podcast. Um, those guys are funny as shit. Uh, uh-huh. Man, they're funny. My <laughs> my favorite's like their their guide roundtable because those guys talk about some rude and crude stuff as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to check it out. <laughs> oh man, their their guides start talking about like their Tinder dates and things like that. <laughs> They started reading off the lyrics to the WAP song the other day because they were like, "What the hell's this?" Like, <laughs> oh man, it was, it was. It, they're funny. I I really enjoy their stuff. So, and that's that's somewhat where I built my my outline, you know, so uh-huh. to speak. Mine is just, you know, kind of like yours. Whatever comes up, comes up. But if if we're gonna go south. Let's ride that wave, you know. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't it. care, you know. Yeah. And it, it kind of, it was hard for me to go that way at first because, you know, we have an older gentleman. Um, I hate saying that, but I mean, he he is. He just retired, you know. Um, that that we hunt with quite often, and he was loving listening to our podcast, and and his wife was listening to our podcast, and. Uh, he he's recently become very very religious guy, and I felt bad because he's he's like, well, you know, I don't I don't listen to your guys' stuff like I would, you know. I was like, well, you know, Chris, yeah. I love you. I'll, I'll 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 respect you around the blind, and I'll you know I'll button things up, but in all respects, I'm I'm not gonna 
you know, hinder who I am, you know, and he, and he was really cool about it. And, and he, uh, he, he appreciated, you know, that I was still holding true to my own self, but yeah. I think in the long run, he had been like, well, you know, clean it up and we can be, <laughs> I could, I could enjoy it more, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like in the blind when I'm with him, you know, I'm, I'm respectful because typically I'm in his blind, you yeah. know, when I go and see him. So, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, you fill it out. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, <sighs> right on, man. Well, I appreciate it, Levi. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your help with, uh, with that link and, and, uh, oh, man, of course. a couple other things, I, but. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. I, I, I really do. It's, it's always nice being on the other side of the mic sometimes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so, man. You ever want to come up, man, just uh, give me a holler. So uh, you need some advice on uh, what areas to put in for, for those speed goats, let me know. Okay. Yeah, will do, man. I even got a really nice speed goat decoy that you can use. I mean, uh, you've never antelope hunted until you've had one try and charge you and take your head off. Oh, really? <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that's that's an experience. Hell yeah, <laughs> it's fun when you're hunting them during the rut like that. It's it's a fun time. Yeah, yeah. Is it that one yeah. that you put like you like mount it to your bow or whatever and shoot? I through didn't it? get that one. I I just have this. Basically, it's like a silhouette, but you know it's printed on. And I just was walking around with it, and you know yeah. I saw some saw some antelope running around, and I stoke stuck it in the ground i was like well damn it those ones ran off and next thing i know i looked over in the corner of my eye because something's running at me and i swung over and there's this pretty good damn good size freaking antelope coming right at me horns down and swung over with my aunt six because it was like opening weekend of uh of antelope leveled that over the back of my decoy and whistled at him he stopped and dropped him right where he was at so <laughs> that works but you know he, he he was coming to kick my ass that's for sure so yeah it's it's fun man it's <laughs> it's way fun <laughs> that's cool man yeah hell yeah you all have to have to get out there and get after him it, you know even if you got to bring the family out and go visit jellystone look us up you know we'll we'll show you some of the the secrets up this way and uh you know tell you where to go or help show you around and and uh i'll tell you tell you some of the really good scenic highways to go go look at that most people don't know about and it will probably have you crapping your pants i mean it's a true highway but um it's it's absolutely breathtaking really put it that way huh. yeah oh yeah the best time to go, I think, to Yellowstone is early spring and kind of in September in the fall because then you can go check out Bugle and Elk and all that in the fall. But early spring, uh, if you go through, you know, everything started to come around, pop up, uh, you start to get babies, things like that. And then if you go over, the, over through Cook City and start diving into Red Lodge, there's there's this scenic highway that that i mean you're traveling through snow drifts that are probably 16 18 foot deep you know you're you're just driving through basically a tunnel of snow it's it's nuts huh so, 
So, yeah, it's really cool to see. Yeah, it'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. I'll have to talk to you about that and see what uh what areas or or what. And that's actually yeah. kind of one of the reasons I I uh, I want to. I so my oldest daughter's nine, and I want to start getting her out with me more. But like I said, like the big na- big game numbers out here are so low that it's. Yeah, it makes it getting, hard. yeah, getting her out is hard. It's like I, I don't want to just take her out for long days of seeing nothing and not, you know, she won't, she won't want to do it. So, if well, I can, and it's going to get her discouraged when going out day after day after day, long days, and not getting yeah. anything. You know, you don't want to bring that up. Yep. Yeah. So within the next couple of years, I'd like to just get her. I'm, I, I've been kind of thinking like something like an antelope hunt or something so where where she can see you know, some success early just to not, not to let her know that it's an easy thing to do, but just to let her see the whole process and get her, try to get her hooked, (laughs) you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something like, you know, I'd I'd love to help, help you out with that, you know, given the opportunity. Um, I'd, I'd love to help you out with that because we could make it to where it's easy, but we can make it to where it's, it's challenging enough to, to keep her in the hunt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Perfect. I love it, man. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Levi. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, I'll, um, I'm sure I'll be talking to you. Oh, yeah, I expect it now. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on Instagram at mountain.vision or my personal Instagram page at Blue Collar Harvester. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening.